0: Welcome back to the final episode of the Murphy Court podcast series, Business Change. Rach has sat down with Darren Curry, the Chief Digital Officer, NHS BSA, and hopefully you enjoy this one. What we will do is by the end of November, we will be collating all the data from these episodes and drawing out some of the themes that seem to have come through in every episode. Enjoy. So, uh, so, Darren, I'm going to dive straight
1: in. Um, what does business change mean to you? Yeah, um, so business change to me, I suppose it's more what it's, what it's not. To me, I'll start with what it's not. And then we'll um, see where, and, that, and then where, that. where that goes. But it's not um, it's not new shiny tech. It's not new products. It's not landing products. It's not throwing things over the fence. It's, um, it's more guts of the business than that. It's the underlying element. It's the people. It's changing how an organisation carries out a part of its business, which may be enabled. Or maybe driven from a technology change, um, but it's it's more deep than that. It's more about the people. It's the it's the foundational stuff of how a, how a business operates. Um, so, a kind of you know you might you might enable something through a new piece of, of technology, which may force you to move into a different space. But the business change element of it is all of the things that wrap around that so fundamentally changing either the skills and capabilities of your your people in an organization, your business processes that support those things, even to how you may kind of account for the services that you deliver, so the financial elements of it. So if you think about moving something to kind of consumption from it from a rental or a commodity, it's it's those, those things. Um,
0: and, and it's interesting, Darren, he described it like that. No, knowing as I do, you know, you have a technical background and the CIOs and CDOs, even of five years ago, you know, would have, have talked about business changes as almost being the polar opposite. It would have been the shiny
1: yeah, tech. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, so yeah, tech background is important. Um and the percentages, whatever, people quote different percentages. But I'd say it's probably 90% non-tech and, and 10% tech, to be honest. It's about about the people in, in leadership. Um, it's, it's your three, kind of three elements to it. The technology, the people within an organization, the capability, and then the leadership and the want to, to drive a change within an organization for it to, to land, so having that, that clear vision. Yeah. Of, of where you want to be so yeah, I would say the dot on the wall you know that you, you should be able to kind of see and feel and describe really clearly for people to buy into where where the journey is taken and, and then as I say the, the tech and whatnot to enable that, that vision comes afterwards
0: yeah, so it's interesting because in a number of the podcasts that we've done, um, the people and the leadership really sit at the heart yeah. of any business change. Um and, and the bit that's coming through uh, a again with you today is about that buy-in, you know, from a vision perspective, but also having um almost having top cover, so having, you know, the whether it's a chief exec, but the key person sitting at the heart of the business needs to either drive or empower that change.
1: Yeah, totally. I think if if you can if you work for a chief executive that, that kind of can can enable the vision, can support the landing of a vision, is, is clear on where they want to be or where an organisation wants to be. And I've worked for, for some good and, and some less less good people that landing those visions um, to, to then give people the empowerment and the enablement to then deliver those visions um, in the best way that they can because they're bought into it and they, they know where the journey is, then, then that's clear. And as leaders, best leaders of our are those that remove the barriers to that enabling. So it's a whole servant leadership approach to doing doing things. We've got chief executive who who can be clear on a vision, but then give you the cover and remove those blockers and barriers to, to land that change when you we want a winner, to win it. It's really
0: interesting that term servant leadership, uh, because inherently um inherently I'm probably not comfortable with that statement. Um but the way you've described it um resonates. Yeah. So I, I look at serv or I hear servant leadership and it sounds a bit come by off and sounds a bit like people are tooling around doing what they fancy. Um, and that that is clearly not what you meant. Um, but but in the context of um in the context of what you've described there, I could uh, you know, I, I could, could buy into servant leadership in that in that respect.
1: Yeah, it's for me, it's about, you know, again, I keep, keep coming back to pe- people. If you can get a, a clear vision, a clear outcome that, that a team need to deliver, yeah, then as a leader, in in enabling that, if you can make someone's role as easy for them to come in and do their role and enable them to do what they, they are appointed up to do, and um, by removing the barriers to those things, then people inherently will come and do a great job for you. Um, and that might be really small, small things that you can do as a leader, um, and it may be bigger things that you can do. You right? so, um, know, it it varies. But but removing the blockers and barriers is a big part of it, and being visible. Yeah. For people. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that.
0: And and what about from a you know from a personal standpoint? Where in your career, is there an example that you'd like to share with us about where you have achieved uh, business change?
1: Um, Yeah, so I'm not going to the specifics of of the the detail of it, but but in terms of of the work that that I work on now, uh, we we started from a position of of legacy, of, um, you know, traditional approach to delivering um software engineering effectively um waterfall approach um, to delivery and moved over the last 18 to 24 months to agile delivery and, and you know and again that the things that i take away from from what was successful about that was absolutely the air from the chief executive the chief executive who who recognized that there was a need to change the way in which an organization worked and who was driven to do do that um who provided that air cover to make it happen who was relaxed um to to make those changes happen um and then working down to kind of setting a clear vision of where we wanted to be and i remember sitting in, we we made a statement about you know the vision statement was as a group of people as um, a group of leaders in the organisation, what would be the statement we wanted to be? And we, we landed on something like to be renowned in the in the sector for kind of the delivery of good digital services. And then <coughs> working back from that vision, since what are the constituent parts that will make up that vision, and therefore what are the bits that we need to deliver? And it wasn't about we need Slack, we need Jira, we need max we need whatever it was about kind of what the culture was that we wanted to create what would it feel like to work on how do you how do we make that happen as a collective and so from where we recruit how do we make our recruitment more diverse more inclusive so we get more diverse workforce in terms of the views that people bring how do we bring in user research which never existed within the organisation and where do we recruit those people because we wanted to bring in people who would bring in that sense of culture in the organisation as well
0: and it's interesting, I mean I I know health pretty well um, as as you know but it's interesting seeing the journey that um, BSA has been on over the last couple of years because it's really arrived on the map as a delivery outfit, you yeah. know, so so whereas there was a thought process, probably from me included, um, you know, three, four, five years ago, that it was more back office um, and kind of processing prescriptions, etc. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's an awful lot of, of kind of patient facing digital transformation that's happening.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's a really good point and a really fair fair um, kind of some summarisation of, of the organisation. So for all the as an organization, we are high volume big transactional processing centres um, in our core. But when you when you go to the core of people, what that means is they are delivery focused. Yeah. So they want to deliver things. And as an organization, I think if you were to say what is the thing that runs through the organization and the values of it, then, then that would be it, delivery, getting stuff done. And so when you apply that to and enable technologists to work in that way then the, the inherent core of being delivery focused applied to people who work technologists to deliver things, and it's a it's a pivot in, in just another sector of delivering. And, so the and, mindset is key,
0: and almost a, an easier move than a lot of government departments who are trying to pivot from policy yeah. to uh, delivery.
1: Yeah, yeah, because you're not you're not bringing a delivery focus that's already there. You're yeah. having to create that delivery focus.
0: Yeah. and what about some of the challenges so over the last couple of years um, can you share some of the challenges that you've had in way of some of the business change
1: yeah I think, I think lots of challenges well, I mean, along, we, we appreciate that honestly uh, you know, and lots of, lots of mistakes to be honest and I think that's one of the things that um, in the last year I would say it's been more and I, I don't like the word failure and I I hate the the fail fast comment and what, what not and of of um, government and, and stuff. Because it it's not about failing fast it's about learning quickly and immediately yep. rather than failing fast. So you know um, I think we've tried lots of different things and it's about trying and finding the things that work best for you as a as an organization, as a group of people, as a team, um how we, we deliver things. I think you know we, we as an organisation, within my director, we try to run quickly um, and scale quite quickly, and we, we had to scale quickly because of the the work that we needed to do. You know, we were st- starting from a position of being behind the curve on things and, and accelerating to being ahead of the curve um, on work. So we had to learn quickly and scale quickly. Um, I think my lesson to be learned around that would be. Um, don't be afraid to change it quickly if it's not working and try something else don't kind of persevere on certain models and just because a model works for one organization doesn't mean it's the right model for your organization Um, kind of learn from it kick it around a bit iterate on it and try it try something differently within within your team it's uh, it's
0: interesting that's another theme darren that's come up is is about that one-size-fits-all. Uh, I mean, it, it very rarely does. But also, there appears to be multiple delivery models at play within organisations. So whether that's a bit of waterfall, it's a bit of agile, it's a bit of yeah. lean, uh, and, you know, I, I think that kind of dogged, you know, you shall be agile is has gone out with the arc because yeah. there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't be agile in certain areas.
1: Absolutely. And um, and I'm not an agile evangelist, or you know, die hard I and mean, my background was project delivery work for it's about the right for me it's the right tool for the right job you know it's the right approach for the right thing we, we've took bits of agile and applied them uh, to procurement you know we've we run procurements following scrum and kanban um kind of processing uh, and I stuff. definitely want to do a
0: separate discussion on that yeah and it's
1: really interesting it, it was less than them, but it, it worked really positively. And likewise, we've got elements of agile projects, agile deliveries where we apply waterfall elements to it in selecting certain products to the it's about I say it's the right thing for the right, the right tool. Yeah, um, and, yeah,
0: and being proportionate.
1: Yeah, not being kind of dogmatic to the to the process as well. Ninety uh, percent of it's common sense, to be honest. It's
0: amazing though. How much that seems to be missing in action?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah.
0: Sorry. And what about a lasting legacy? So you know, when you're driving business change, uh, how do you make that sticky? How do you make sure that you know when a change has happened, um, things don't get reversed?
1: Yeah. So I think I think that that's key. And I've looked around different organisations where single individuals have been the single driving force. To making things happen and they've held that themselves um, and one, it's kind of it, it's a hell of a lot of pressure for one person to try and do that um, and it's not sustainable and inevitably they leave or they collapse under the pressure of trying, of trying to do that and it doesn't stick um, and the other thing that I've seen that, that hasn't happened is the mindset change so you know we've got a cargo quote view of things we might apply different ways of delivering things on the surface and apply the perception of doing business change or implementing business change but if fundamentally you haven't changed the mind yep. or the mindset of the people who are delivering underneath then as soon as that kind of the person who's holding a <clears throat> bit of elastic goes then that piece of elastic will stretch back to where it was before and it, it's really difficult to break it. Yeah. Um,
0: and I think you've articulated there, um, probably from a personal standpoint, my earlier attempts at business change because there's a lot of drive and there's a lot of energy. Yeah. Right. But, you know, the second I kind of left the organization, then things would have reverted. And it, it takes time to understand the impact. You know, you can have a big, long task list of stuff that needs to happen but people are people and they're only going to buy in when they're convinced yeah and and that takes that takes time and effort
1: yeah it takes a long time for know people's kind of core values and where they where they've been doing something in a certain way for a, a long time yeah. and,
0: and what about the wider political situation at the minute there um you know do you think um, i'm not asking for your political <laughs> views by the way um i mean i think we're all probably seeing too much of that on the, on social media and the TV. But do you think that the wider political situation is um is impacting the ability for government and the NHS to drive business
1: change? Um, two years ago I would have probably said yes. Um or in previous um especially when there's so much political change going on, I would have said yes. Um I think over, having been around government for like 17 years, um, I think people or areas would have used um, things like EU exit and changes in government colour and whatnot as being a a mechanism to slow down the delivery or to not be as decisive. Um, I think over the last couple of years there's been a, a change in that. I think we're seeing a lot more self-driven business change and a recognition from, especially a departments level, so across things like arms and bodies and, and separate departments, to self impose business change because it's the right thing to do. And again, it comes back to the, the purpose and the vision and the why. Why is an organisation a business change? And irrespective of changing government, if it's still the right thing to be doing as an organisation, then an organisation will crack on and do it. Um, And I'm seeing more of that now. Yeah,
0: I have to admit, my my default was I thought people would slow down. I've seen government, you know, in PERDA and in various times before use the excuse. Uh, but But we, I mean, as a company, we're not seeing it at the minute. We're not seeing it with our clients. We're certainly not hearing it. In fact, if anything, we're hearing the polar opposite. Which is, we, you know, foot to the floor, we're cracking on regardless, we'll take it as an opportunity.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, Brilliant. Well, I really appreciate your time there, and thank you very much for joining us. Thank you.